Well, good morning. Okay, let's try that again. Good morning. All right. I may be more excited than you are that I'm here. So, um, well, first of all, I need to explain a little bit about who I am. So my husband and I run a ministry called Christ Connection, and it's really about connecting people with Christ. I mean, right? Um, it's really about prayer. We are the kind of people that get excited about prayer. Are you the kind of people that get excited about prayer? Okay, some of you are like, well, we'll see. We'll see how this goes today. You guys are in the middle of 21 days of prayer and fasting, and it's an amazing time in life, really, when you can step back and see what God can do. And for us as a ministry, I just absolutely love what God has opened. He's opening doors all around the world. And right now we are praying um, about our trip that we'll be taking in November. And, you know, when God calls you to do something, it can get kind of get scary, right? Okay, those of you that are not nodding your heads, wait. When God calls you to do something, it can get a little scary. And that's where we are right now as a ministry. So right now my husband is speaking at another church. I have one daughter. She's 15 years old. Her name's Samantha, and she is leading worship at our home church today so we're all kind of scattered so it feels a little weird that like my posse's not with me but that's okay you guys are with me right so well all right wonderful so today we are going to talk about removing the veil that's what we're going to talk about and i gotta be honest when i got the topic i was a little like yay um i am not a Bible scholar. I am a Bible reader, believer, and I dig into it, but I'm not a scholar. You're not going to hear any Greek and Hebrew from me this morning. So you can either go, oh no, or be relieved. Either way, wherever you are. But I went, and so when you talk about removing the veil, in our culture, veils are very different than they were back then. Veils we have them in the Middle Eastern culture. They're for modesty. They're wonderful. In a wedding, they're for purity. There's even mourning veils that hide your puffy eyes. And I love that the Lord uses things in life now and before. So we're going to go back to the tabernacle, all right? We're going to step back in time. Are you ready? Okay, I don't have a time machine, so we're not going to be that cool. But there's the tabernacle. So back in Jewish times, when Moses, they left Egypt, and they get the Ten Commandments. Remember that, like, whole, like, let my people go moment, all right? And then they build the tabernacle. And I love the tabernacle because it is very um, much a symbol of who God was because it's where God rested, but the thing that was unique about the tabernacle from today till then was there were three really different stages in the tabernacle. There was outside the courts where women and unclean people and non-Israelites could be. Then the, there was the inner court where the Israelite men could go. And then there was the Holy of Holies where only one person could go one time a year to meet with the Lord. Then along came Solomon. How many people love Solomon? Have you ever done any like research on Solomon? He is a very unique and interesting man. 
Um, there's a lot of good, bad, and ugly about Solomon. Um, really, when you read the Bible, that's kind of the way it is, which I love because I am not a perfect person. I am nowhere near having it all together. You're going to learn that real quick as I'm speaking. <laughs> but Solomon had the unique opportunity to build the temple, to make God's home permanent for the, Jew, for the Israelites. Before that, it just kind of moved. It was moving, you know? And Solomon was able to make it a permanent home. Now, when he made the temple, there was one piece that he made that I found very interesting, and that was the veil that we we're going to talk about today. The veil. It was a four-inch thick curtain. I don't have curtains in my house. I am not that cool because I am not a decorator. Like, if I have blinds, we are, we are winning. I'm just not, like, picking out curtains is beyond my skill set. Um, if you'd like to come over, I'll give you my address later. I'm just not, that's not something I'm good at. But I did some research, and it was this beautiful veil that was a unique barrier between the Holy of Holies and the inner court. So once again, only one person who was, had, sac had made a sacrifice with the Lamb could walk in once a year to see the Lord and hear from him. One time a year. Wow. <laughs> By the New Testament times when Jesus came along, Jewish people were living in a lot of fear. There was a lot of fear. First of all, they'd been conquered how many times? Right? Conquered place after place. And at this point, they are conquered by the Romans. And the temple is there, and you only get to enter the presence of God one time a year, and it's only one person that's selected. And you really pray that they do not die, and they don't have a hidden sin that they did not confess before they went in. In fact, Jewish people now and then are fearful of the Lord and spell G-D. Because it's not something that they have access to. My, my husband and I and daughter were just started watching The Chosen. Has anybody seen The Chosen? We are late adapters, my family, and so now it's like three years later and we finally started it. Um, <laughs> it's just, you know, here we are. So we started watching The Chosen, and in the first episode, it's not going to be a spoiler, don't worry if you haven't seen it, okay? But in the first episode, a, um, a man of God comes to try to get rid of demons in a woman and has no power has no power and I looked at my daughter and I said I cannot even imagine she's like yeah why doesn't he call in the name of Jesus and I was like, because they didn't have the name of Jesus the way we do and I love that Jesus came and not only did he come and he share his life and he die on the cross but he changed our world for us we no longer are not able to enter into the Holy of Holies. So we're going to look at that. I'm going to flip my page first. 
So it is mentioned in three different gospels. When it's mentioned in three different gospels, it's time to pay attention, right? When God says it multiple times, we go, oh, what is he saying? But in Matthew 27, 51, at that moment, the moment Jesus died, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rock split. We're going to take a moment and pray. Lord, I just thank you that you came to the earth and died for us. And Lord, I pray that our hearts would be open to you this morning that you would speak to us in a clear way, Lord. That we would see the sacrifice that you made for us. And Lord, that we would understand the access we have to you in your mighty name. Jesus dying on the cross did more than forgive us for our sins. Which is great, like, right? I do not want to sacrifice lambs. That does not seem like my kind of thing. Um, you know, the blood is the only thing that can get you close to God. And Jesus did that for us. He died on the cross, was raised again, so we could, we could be, go to heaven. But it goes beyond that. Jesus, the veil was ripped in half. And all of a sudden, the place that no one could go, except for one person once a year, we have a free party whenever we want. We can step into the presence of the Lord anytime. And I have to tell you, that's a little humbling and a little fearful sometimes. So we're going to talk a little bit about what that means in your own life. But first, in Hebrews 10, 20, 19 through 22. Ooh, this is a big scripture, so here we go. Are you ready? Ooh. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open, th open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to be cleansed from the guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed as pure water. Wow! I mean, wow, guys! Jesus' body opened that curtain for us. And now we have access. Do we really take access, though? Do we really step into the presence of the Lord the way we really could? In 1 John 3, 1 through 3, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we can be called children of God. That is who we are. The reason the world does not know us is because they do not know him. Dear fathers, now we are children of God. And I'm saying that this morning, and there are several of you that got some fear in your life. And I don't say this at many places. But I know that there's someone in the room, and maybe it's just me. <laughs> but when we hear father, it's not a healthy thing. 
It's not something that we're super comfortable with because we do not have an earthly father that was a great person. We have some real parent issues. And so when we hear that we're children of God, we go, that's great. Can I be his friend instead? I understand friendships. Friendships I can work on. Parental, that, that's not a healthy place for me. And I've been praying for this church that there would be healing in that area with the Lord and that father figure because it, it, it can hold you back. It has. It has held me back for years. Um, I don't have the greatest father. You probably don't either because no father is perfect. I am definitely not a perfect mother. Let me tell you that. We'll, we'll get there in a minute. But one of the, we're going to walk through some of the ways that you can really go beyond the veil. Because if God ripped the veil in half, he sent his one and only son so you could have access to him, shouldn't we figure out how to use it? Shouldn't we figure out how to go into the Holy of Holies? So one of the ways that we're going to talk about this morning is standing on the promises in the Bible. Now, did you know that there's over 7,000 promises in this small little book? 7,000 promises of the Lord. Now, I believe, oh, look at that. We got them up there. I just pulled, what did I pull? Nine, I did pull nine. Woo! Nine promises that the Lord has given you. And I want you to just take a minute. You don't even need to listen to me. Um, I can just stand here. You know, do a cute little pose or something. There's, there are nine different ways up there that talk about God's promises. One of my favorites is he will always be with you. Number three, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Even at Walmart, where we need it the most, now, I have said already I'm not a perfect mother. But I am a mom that really believes about being intentional. I'm very, very intentional with what I do. And one of the things that I have done with my daughter is we've done pinky swears. Has anybody ever done a pinky swear? Okay, come on now. Woo! When you're little and you do a pinky swear. And so we've done pinky swears where we grab each other's pinkies and when I make that commitment to her, I am serious about that commitment. I do not say, I pinky swear that I can do something I cannot do. Right? I am very intentional on making sure that when I'm saying something to her, it is going to happen. I do not say, we're going to go outside tomorrow because I am not in charge of the weather. Right? I am not in charge of how cold or how warm or whatever's going on out there. I'm not in charge of that. But you know who is. And I love when you think about how as a parent, I do everything I can to hold my commitment to my daughter. How much more will the Lord do that for you? I will move heaven and earth to make sure that the commitment I made to her will come through. How much more will the Lord, who can actually control everything, do for you. We need to stand on those promises. They are not just things written randomly in the Bible. They're not just things that God was like, meh, we'll see. 
They are pinky promises to you. And the Lord has the power to bring them through. So we need to stand on those. You need to dig into the word these next 21 days or 14 days now, right? You need to dig in and see what God has for you. What did he promise you? What did he say he would do for you? That you've just been kind of going, Lord, I am struggling. And he's like, hey, I got it right here. I already promised it for you. Stand on those promises. Number two, pray in confidence. Woo! This is something my husband does. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do too. Do you know those people that are like, woo, I am a prayer warrior. And then the rest of us that are like, There's me. So I'm going to read a couple scriptures. This is a really scripture-heavy portion, but I really feel like some of these are really important. So let me read a couple scriptures for you. Hebrews 4.16. Then let us be with... Wait, let's start over. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of God, that we may show mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Ooh, okay. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. First John five fourteen, and in this, the confidence that we have towards Him, that if we ask anything according to Him, His we, He will hear us. Hebrews eleven six. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. And, what, and whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and he, that he rewards those who seek him. And of course, my favorite, Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in, every, in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Matthew 21 22 and whatever you ask in prayer you will receive it if you have faith now i just read six verses that's all six verses and every single one of them said pray and you will receive it why are we so scared to ask right why are we so scared to ask i am one of those people that i'm like okay I've been asking God, here's my list, like here's what's going on. Currently, my mom's walking through cancer. And it has not been an easy journey this last way too many months. And I've been praying, like, Lord, heal her and give me strength. And, like, there's been so many things. And then something came up that was really big in our family. And I was like, oh, I really can't bother God with that. I got this whole other list over here that I'm praying. Like, I don't want to bother him with that. And then I met with a friend. <laughs> Don't you love good friends? And she's talking to me. And she's like, I feel like I need to share something with you. And I was like, okay, good. This could be interesting. Because you never know. And she's like, let me tell you about my relationship with God. And I was like, okay, we've known each other for 35 years. Let's, let's talk about your relationship with God. And she's like, I had a vision about the throne room of God. And so let's go back to the throne room of God where the angels are singing holy, holy, holy are the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. 
and they're singing that all day long. And God is up on the throne, and there's the two thrones to the side, and all the bigwigs are there, right? All the, like, Moses and David and Peter, like, they're all there. They're all hanging out with God, talking with him. And she said, and there I am, hiding behind a pillar, kind of peeking in to the throne room, going, I wonder what's going on in there. Look at the, look at all those people up there talking. I wonder what they're talking about. And she said, at that moment, God looked up and said, hey, hey, come on in. It's my daughter. She's here. Come on up. Come here. Come spend some time with me. And she ran up to God and sat in his lap and snuggled into him. And I have to tell you, at that moment, I was humbled. And my relationship with God changed forever. Because I realized that there is never a time that I'm too busy for my daughter. There is never a time that I'm too busy when she's in tears and she needs me. And I am never overwhelmed by her problems. I'm never like, you know what? You have told me way too much right now. I'm good. Like, let's just stop. Right? So here I am putting this expectation on God that he does not have. He wants me to run confidently into his throne room and say, God, I'm here. I got another problem. God, did you see this? This is, this is not good. Do you see this? This is not good. This bill came in, and I do not know what to do with it, Lord. And he's, he's not surprised. He's not going, oh, there's a new bill like I am. He has a plan. We need to come to him confidently. We need to stop being scared of running to the Lord with our sins, with our fears, with our issues, with our relationships. We need to stop being afraid of bringing it to him and confidently bring it to him. The third thing, and for me, my favorite, we need to keep it simple. Jesus says to come to him like little children. And why? Because little children are simple. They're, they're very black and white. There is no like, well, I don't really know how I feel about this. You know, we, get, we make things so complicated as adults. Like our relationships are complicated. Our prayer lives are complicated. We make the Bible complicated. Like we make everything super complicated. And kids are like, yeah. This is fun. You know, they don't care. They're like, woo! They make all the fool of themselves all the time. Have you ever seen a kid in a grocery store? Like, there is no, you know, they're having a blast. And we're like, I don't know. Like, should I get that or should I get the generic? I don't know. And the kid's like, the cute one. Do the cute one. Right? It's so simple for them. And we do that with our relationship with God all the time. Jesus came to the earth to make it easy for us. It was complicated before Jesus came. Meeting with God was complicated. You had to go to the temple. You had to sacrifice. You had to make sure all your sins, like you, you could only go so far in. Jesus came and said, you know what, guys? This is way too difficult for you. I'm going to make it simple. Now all you have to do is ask. Now all you have to do is ask. And still, we make it complicated. 
I love that you guys are talking about pursuing God. I think that's such an amazing thing to do. But to pursue God, the first thing you need to understand is that he pursued you first. I'm going to say that again. Because I think there's someone in this room that does not understand. You need to understand God pursued you first. He wants to be with you. He wants to know what you're going through. He doesn't want you to hide what you're walking through. He wants you to go, okay, God, I am all a mess. And yes, I'm coming before you one more time because, Lord, I am exhausted. This is a lot of work to be carrying it all on my own shoulders. Because the Lord says my burden is light. And we give it to him, and we're like, here, Lord, here's your, like, the speaker said to give it to you, but I'll take it back after service. You know, I'm, come on, like, right? Or I'll give it to you for Monday, and we'll see how it works. And if you didn't fix it on Monday, then Tuesday, let's have another conversation, right? We're not very good at, like, not taking it back, And Jesus died on the cross so we could give it to him and not carry it ourselves. When you pursue God this week, he loves you no matter what your life looks like, no matter what you're dealing with. Even if you have father issues, he loves you, and he's going to seek after you. There's no hiding and hiding from him. And I love, because I am a squiggly worm on a hook sometimes. That I'm like, ah, I don't know, this doesn't feel right. Like, this is not fixing right away. You know, we look at the Bible, and we see these stories in the Bible and we see the solutions right away. The, the Israelites walked in the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years they walked going, Lord, where are we going? You gave us a promised land. Someday we'll get there. 40 years. That's a long time. Miracles do not happen. They do. They can. And they will. But they don't always. That's not always God's timing in your life. And as we pursue the Lord, you can't give up because it didn't happen before you walked out this building, of this building. It could happen tomorrow morning. God is doing something. He is moving. He is working in circumstances that you're not seeing. And the minute that you understand that your circumstances are not God's love is the minute that your life changes. When you look around at your finances and your relationships and your work situation and your children and you go, that does not define God's love for me. Jesus dying on the cross is what defines God's love for me. The promises in the Bible are what defines God's love for me. It's not what's going on around you. It is God. And so as you pursue him this week, 
I'm going to ask you to do these three things one more time. I'm going to ask you to dig into the word and find his promises. Put them somewhere in your house. Put them on your dash, your car. Put them on your phone as a screensaver. Put them on a social media. Put them somewhere where you're going to see the promises of God as you dig into the word. As you start going through the word of God and you find the promises, put them somewhere to remember that God promised things in your life. Number two, pray with confidence. Don't, stand, don't step back. Don't let someone else be the person that prays for you. Now, we, I have a grandmother that prayed for me for years and years. And I remember when she died, I thought, oh, man, who's going to pray for me now? And, and God was like, uh, you are, honey. You are. And you're going to pray for the next generation. Pray with confidence. Step into his throne with complete confidence, knowing that he wants you there. He took the veil away so you could come in and be with him. And number three, keep it simple. God wants a relationship with you. He wants to be with you. He wants to get closer with you. He doesn't just want to get closer with you in this room. He wants to get closer with you in every part of your life. He wants to be a part of your finances. He wants to be a part of your fears. He wants to be a part of your victories. He wants to be a part of your job. He wants to be part of who you are. He loves you. If you hear nothing else this morning, God removed the veil so we can be in the Holy of Holies because he loves you. He, doesn't, he loves the neighbor next to you. That's great. But he is your father who is looking out for you. And we'll keep that pinky promise no matter what happens. Let's pray together. Lord, I just thank you that you came to the earth and removed the veil. Removed the barriers to be with you. That you want to be with us, Lord. As we step out this week, Lord, I just pray that we would pursue you because you pursued us first that we would dig into your word and find your promises and see who you are and know your love for us. Lord, I pray that we would really keep it simple and stand in confidence in who you are because we are, we are not perfect. We don't have it all together. Some days I don't even know what I'm going to do the next minute, but you do. I don't have to have it all together. I just need to be faithful and follow you. And we thank you for your love in our lives. In your mighty name, amen. Thank you, Jenny. Would you stand as we close? And I'm just going to ask you to um, just bow your heads. And uh, as, you, as you heard the message that Jenny had for you uh, today, that God had for us through Jenny, um, there's a couple of things that, that maybe, maybe you would say today, you know what, I've been, 
I've been kind of making this more difficult, and I've been thinking I had to do stuff that I, I haven't felt like I could just come before God, and I need to do that. So just with all the heads bowed, please, if you would make a commitment to say, I want that for me. I want to have that relationship for me, and I want to be able to take advantage of what Jesus died on the cross and rose again so I could have that access to the presence of God. If you would want to say, I want that today, and I, I don't want to make it difficult. I just want to, you know, if kids can accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I want that for me today. Just raise your hand. Thank you. And then maybe you've been having trouble seeing the promises of God in your life because you really haven't searched for him in the Word of God. You haven't looked for him. You haven't been writing him down. You haven't been connecting with the Bible to, to really hear what God has for you. If you want to make a commitment to really watch for and listen to the promises of God and apply them to your life, just raise your hand too. Thank you. Lord God, we want that. We want to see the promises of God in our life. We want to see what you have for us, Lord God. You gave us life everlasting, but you also gave us life that's right here, right now, has blessings and promises of God in it. And Lord God, we while we struggle with things because the the earth isn't under your total control. <laughs> Our lives are. The lives of those who surrender to you are. And your plan and your purpose will be accomplished. But there's people out there who aren't part of that. They haven't seen that they need you in their lives. And so, Lord, they're, they're not working according to what you would have them, have them do. And so, Father, I just pray that no matter what people do to us, no matter what people say to us, no matter what our circumstances are, Lord God, we trust you to get through all of that. We know that your promises apply to us in our lives, and we are going to walk that out day by day. Lord, we thank you that we don't have to uh, trust on our own understanding. Your word says that it's like a, the Bible is like a lamp for us to guide our way. And so, Father, we just want to do that. We want to receive all that you have for us. Thank you, Lord, that as we continue this uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting, Lord, we, we want to feel encouraged today. But we also, Lord, want your strength and your ability to get through these next 14 days to be faithful to do what you're calling us to here. We just thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.